Wait, I missed it. Why is Kate losing her shit right now? I was looking at my dog. I was trying to do it quietly before the... Into a microphone? <laughs> <laughs> you have a mute function. But I had to bring us in because this is Book Wars Pod episode. <laughs> Famously, the mute button is permanent. Oh my God. Listen, we don't have intro music. We d- well, I, I wanted to do it before all the intro stuff started, so that it wouldn't make it onto the pod. And I <laughs> mute, mute. Mission cool. accomplished. <laughs> this is this is Burb's character, you know. Uh, you know everything's under control. Situation normal. <laughs> Listen, when you this is what we get for volunteering Burb to bring us in. <laughs> you really asked for it. Uh, this is this is uh like I said, episode one hundred sixty-two. It is our second episode on Star Wars Visions Ronin or Ronin, a Visions novel by Emma Mieko Camden. Lovely. Question mark? Okay. Um, <laughs> allegedly, we read through chapter 12 last time. <laughs> I guess you weren't here last time, so fair enough. I, I wasn't here. I tried to be here. Um, but I got back from vacation and my computer decided to not turn on that night. So that was fun. Uh, but that does mean that this time we are covering chapters 13 through 28. Um, also, as you maybe have heard already, uh, depending on how much of my intro gets cut, uh, the whole gang is here. (laughs) We've got... Uh, I'm joined by Rana, Chris, Kate, Kristen, and some people are drinking stuff. Correct. <laughs> we are. Some of us are, in fact, drinking stuff. Are you asking us what we're drinking, or are you just Kate, letting what are folks you? know? <laughs> well, I was going to say just more it, of a then... statement than a question. <laughs> it was more I didn't of a think we were all drunk, <laughs> but maybe. Um, I have I have a beer, and this is the just just the last beautiful town pod came to visit in September and bought like a shit whack of beer, and this is still in our fridge from September. Survived the move. Uh, so this is from True Brewing. It's called Blood Axe. It's a Nordic farmhouse ale, and what is it telling me? Orange peel, grains of paradise. I don't know how to read that. Beer. <laughs> Just so everyone knows, those cans are incredibly beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like that was I was with Jess when she chose that and I mispronounced the very easy to pronounce name because apparently I don't know the difference between a U and a V. But also the art on them is phenomenal. I will take a picture for Burby's Slap picture, on, please, on the gram. Yeah, this is very weedy and with a but also really sweet at the same time. This is fascinating. Anyway. Cool. Beer. I can go next because I also have uh, I was going to say a blood drink but it's not <laughs> Jesus Christ I was going to have a blood drink tonight but uh... what is this the Harry Potter video game <laughs> yeah life isn't quite that desperate that I'm drinking blood but you know we'll see if it helps with my skin we'll, we'll try um, supposed to put so, it on your face Rana what are you doing Maybe no. both. You don't know how messy I am. Um, <laughs> this is a blood orange lager. It's not blood, thankfully. I would not choose a blood lager. Although I'm sure someone at Great American Beer Festival has made one. Um, some Something I'm sure the witch from this book would drink. Um, not this blood orange lager, but a blood drink of some sort. Indeed. Anyways, this is by a company I've never heard of called Walters because I saw blood orange and said cool and put it in my basket <laughs> without looking at any other information uh it's a lager with blood orange and natural flavors it has a very boring can definitely designed by a white person um <laughs> i mean people of color can be boring too but like this just screams like old white man 
Um, and it's canned in Pueblo, Colorado. And there's really very little other information. Oh, Colorado Mountain Water. Hopefully it was filtered. Noble <laughs> Hops. Yep. It says the brewing tradition of the American West. Maybe I'm committing a hate crime against myself. Anyways. That's Does the favorite. American West have a strong brewing tradition? I don't, I don't know. say that to Mr. Coors. <laughs> Coors, Coors doesn't even live here anymore. I don't want to fuck off. <laughs> is, do we have visual proof that Rana's beer is as cold as the Rockies? I don't think so. I can guarantee it's not because it's been out on my desk for two hours before opening. So Yum. That can is not blue. It's blood True. red. Like blood. Okay. For your blood, blood orange. <laughs> thank blood you orange red, thank you. Thank you for talking about blood beer because I just had like a recovered memory of drinking this oh, beer no. that oh has I thought blood or something in it. And I looked it up on Untapped and it's real. So um is it like like when they make blood sausage type? I'm gonna explain to you now. (laughs) It's called Silence of the Lambs by Burnside Brewing Company, which is out of business. Um it's a dry Irish. I can see why. Uh Uh-huh. Um it has lamb hearts in it. So that was why they're committing way too hard to the bit. Well, it was like a Silence of the Lambs has one untraditional ingredient. Untraditional is not a word. Um, brewed in collaboration with Portland's darkest pop folk band, Big Haunt, this stout was inspired by the macabre nature of the group's music. This sounds like it came out in October and then was quickly discontinued. Mm. It was many years ago that I had this, and I have no idea how I remembered that I had this. But Can I just there ask, you go. Like, I'm drinking water, but there's your there's your interesting beer fact of the week for so me. So, what like prompted you to be like, "Ooh, Lamheart beer, my fave"? I wanted to try it. That's okay. That's fair. I guess I've tried a lot of weird shit in my life. Yeah, I was like, "Ooh, it's weird. Let me try." All right. Was it good? Do you remember? I mean, their beer wasn't that good anyway, but it was okay. I was like, this doesn't taste like it has lamb hearts in it. It just tastes like an okay stout. <laughs> I was going like to say, whatever. what were the flavor notes? I don't remember. Death. <laughs> I'm, I don't remember. Yeah, I feel like it had some like depth of flavor, but other than that, like no. Salty with a hint of moldering corpse. The, right. The, the, the starch of a straitjacket. <laughs> Miranda, do you have beer today? Beer that oddly tastes like a nice Chianti with some fava beans. Nice. <laughs> Good one. Okay, Chris. <laughs> I do not have a beer tonight, though I also almost had a blood drink as well. I juiced. What the fuck is going on? No. I, what is going on? Theme. I juiced Wait, some welcome blood to oranges. Blood Wars pod. <laughs> I juiced some blood oranges today to make like a blood orange uh, margarita, but then I had a can of wine and didn't feel like having tequila tonight also, so I am drinking a Polar Premium Seltzer, naturally calorie-free, ginger lime mule flavored. Mm. I have a whole box Blood flavor. (laughs) I just bought it today. It was on sale. The blood of gingers. It really is one of the best flavors of seltzer. It's so good. Real good. Blood works. What what are you drinking? Is it blood? It is. It is not blood. (laughs) Although I, I, a small anecdote. But the the Cedars, like well into their adulthood, like were not familiar with blood oranges, and it like almost caused like a fight between them. It's very funny. Wait, what? It's a very funny story. Very different direction. Was I there for this? No, this is like pre-children i think so you were definitely not there. okay but now you have to tell the story so like apparently (laughs) they were like at a restaurant and uh like why this caused why this almost caused a fight i have no idea kate asked me to tell the story and she's not paying attention she's just waving at the cat just so everybody's aware Uh, i can listen to fair tony's the size of a small child this is true look at him much bigger than a blood orange um a child not the size of a tangerine go on anyway they were at they were at a restaurant and like my dad is like super fucking picky like in case people want to know why i'm like this and he got a dessert that had i think it was literally just like orange sorbet like it was something boring like that 
and it comes out and it's like it's fucking red and my dad also like absolutely despises confrontation whereas my mother is very confrontational um (laughs) she would never say that but she is um she doesn't listen to the pod anymore and that's an okay thing right now (laughs) yep and so she was like send it and she was like that's not orange and he was like it's fine i'll just eat it she's like send it back and he's like it's fine she's like send it back um and then he takes a bite your mom is so white holy fuck (laughs) he takes a bite and it was blood orange sorbet sure that's 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 the punchline that's the whole thing but blood so white taste that different from orange so did no it's it's know? it tasted like well he hadn't tasted it when they were having said fight because she wanted him to send it back thing? no i don't think that he did so white i think that's the point i don't think they realized or at least it was not top of mind that blood orange was a thing chris you got to stop wow. playing with your microphone cord i'm the going bay is very different to... what is very different i'm sorry the bay like just the idea of someone going because like i don't know maybe it's just because there's so i feel like maybe uh, i may be making everything everything up here so please you know eject me oh oh sorry in my head i was like bay staters like massachusetts like i was very confused no this was back when they were in la coworkers are like i have a bunch of coworkers from various san francisco oakland areas and they all keep saying the bay and now it's permeated my language oh no that's you're you're 100 right i was just confused because in new england we have blood orange everywhere maybe just in massachusetts but i think it's because there's such a high italian population because like Mm. blood orange is in so many italian Mm. things and also like you can get like mascarpone at the normal supermarket like it's all the italian stuff is there so maybe that's why we all have access to it it was like a super fancy thing they'd go on sale in the in like winter I, I also feel like it's like probably a generational thing where like you know like like your parents are boomers have they ever even heard of like salt <laughs> you know like not wonder bread white boomers like, with that you know like i i i i can see it happen refrain from saying unkind things about my mother's cooking but um uh, but no, I mean it's I I don't know now I now I want to know if we have any listeners who are familiar with Los Angeles in the eighties and nineties tell us if blood oranges were prevalent or not. Yes. Pre- prevalent. Oh, your prevalent. parents are from LA. I'm sorry, I um missed. I mean, no, that. that's how dare you not have my entire family timeline committed to memory, Rana? Thought we were yeah, friends. I don't, Jesus. I don't feel oh in any way guilty. First, so you're anyway. first, you're not team tall. Now this. <laughs> Okay, just so everyone has context here, I am team tall. Chris sent a fucking Fox News like screenshot and then thought we were all gonna pass by the fact that it was Fox News just because he was talking shit about short people. Yeah. Anyways, Chris, what do you To be clear, to be just just so everyone's clear, this was a group chat in which Kate is a member when and the screenshot was short people more likely to be psychopaths. And you know what we are. (laughs) Okay? Okay. Hey guys, I've got that like Huh? Uh, I've got the like serial killer Myers Briggs, okay. Well, INTJ. Speaking of an ice key on is an INTJ. Perfect. <laughs> I'm just, you know, it's fine. Anyway, moving right along. <laughs> I'm, I'm scared of all of y'all. <laughs> Except for Miranda. Sorry, Miranda. <laughs> just so everyone knows, when we started, before we started recording, Keek said that she was no longer scared of anyone. So <laughs> it didn't last long. <laughs> it was a glorious 10 minutes for Christian. <laughs> really opened her eyes yep it's really freeing and now now she's now she's back <laughs> chris did you say what you were drinking or am i stupid uh no i didn't i got <laughs> caught up on blood oranges um cool. i am drinking uh written house rye out of i don't fucking know good talk great yep. cool is it out of philadelphia so i don't know let's find out that's a thing it is out of Heaven Hill Distillery, which is, don't fucking make me put my birthday, it's taking so long. This is why you listen to our pod, right? This is the quality. <laughs> the quality. The quality sounds of Chris just like banging on his like keyboard, <laughs> laptop keyboard. <laughs> um, Our distillery. <laughs> Why not just the Heaven Hill Distillery, established 1935 uh, at the historic intersection of 17th Street and Breckenridge Street in downtown Louisville. Cool. Fuck me, right? (laughs) 
<laughs> that was so worth waiting minutes for. <laughs> it was. I wonder why it's called that then. Wild. Oh, my it's good lord. Like there might be multiple people, including one notable piece of human shit. Yeah, I, um, I was, gonna, I was gonna bring it up, but we were talking boop, about Fox boop. News. Boop, 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 boop. Anywho. <laughs> Rittenhouse Rye, undeniably the superior Rittenhouse. <laughs> Great. Burb, what's our charity? Our charity is Black and Pink National. Is it Black and Pink National? Their URL yep. is Black and Pink. Uh, you can find them at blackandpink.org. Uh, it's a prison abolitionist organization dedicated to abolishing the criminal punishment system and liberating LBGDQIA2 Spirit Plus people and folks living with HIV and AIDS uh, who are affected by that system, uh, the criminal punishment system, because it's garbage, uh, through advocacy, support, and organizing. Hell yeah. Give them money. Yeah. It was Rittenhouse Rye is produced in the tradition of the classic Pennsylvania rye whiskeys. That's why it's called that. That's oh, hey, there you go. Huh. I wasn't wrong all the way. It the is called you know. that because of Pennsylvania something something. <laughs> I appreciate your need to be right. I understand it. I was unaware that Pennsylvania had a grand rye distilling tradition. It's Listen, Keeks is like mono- made of. Kix is like 50% Jersey trash and 50% Philly trash, and therefore she had to be oh, correct about this. that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> I am. I forgot about that's, the Philly influence. I, those are the only things that I need to be How right. are you not more about. aggressive as a person? <laughs> Jersey and it's Philly. The, it's the trauma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we have, like, Kate and I have trauma. We're very aggressive. It's different trauma. <laughs> Listen, you have two reactions to trauma. You become a turtle, or you just... What the fuck is that? You become a snapping turtle. Like, That's right. <laughs> yes. I was going to say, what the fuck is that Pokemon who punches people? Hitmonchan? <laughs> Thank you. That's who I was thinking of, Miranda. <laughs> Why? My brain did that. I don't, you're a squirtle or a <laughs> So we, we allegedly read Star Wars this week. And there is a lot of wild shit happening. Yeah, I felt I've so I felt the need to write all of this out. So we don't typically do plot recaps because that is not a thing we do, but it was very confusing. That, yeah, so there there are just there's just a lot of um reveals and shifting loyalties and stuff. Um so yeah, no, Ronan's out here trying to destroy the Sith, even though he is a Sith and is still definitely using his Sith powers to do so. Uh the witch is out here trying to destroy Ronin, and so is Koru. Um, even though we kind of get in the section a little bit more of her humanity, as it were, her zombie person humanity. <laughs> we'll talk about that more in a hot second. Um, Ikea is just, she just wants her like weird little soul packed kyber crystals back. She's so tired. Um, GA, we find out, has been just double-crossing everybody this entire time and working for Lord Hanrai because she hates... She just seem, she, she seems to have it out for organized force users, but also she hates the Sith more than the Jedi, so here we are. Um, she seems like an angry old lady, and I love that for her. Yes. this is, I mean, honestly, like, my dream is to one day just be that old lady on a porch in the rocking chair just being like, get off my lawn, so... Yeah, you know, I aspire big, to be her when I grow up. Vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, so the traveler slash fox slash we learn their name is Itzuna. Um, kind of they kind of seem mostly like they want to exist out outside of the Jedi Sith binary, at least on the surface. Uh, again, we will come back to that. Um, Hammer just feels like he wants to overturn kind of what it means to be a Jedi when he asks the Ronin to like kind of come on as second in command but also he would love to be in power so yeah that's uh that's about where we're at really um in terms of 
character loyalties, etc. So yeah. we're doomed. And I feel like all of that <laughs> was kind of unveiled in like a real short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had been like three weeks since I read the first part of this book. And so I was reading this and I don't, I didn't know what was happening. I was so confused. <laughs> you know, it's always be it, like that sometimes. There is, there is a lot going on. Like everyone's just angry about everything, which is fair because it's Star Wars. Um, also, same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> about like my life. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, who do we, who do we want to dig into first here? Um, I don't even know. Chris, you, I feel like you wrote a lot of these like follow-up comments I would say here. the Ronin or the Traveler slash Fox slash Idna. Alright, let's go with the Ronin. Uh, the book is named after him, yes. Uh, famously, yes. <laughs> the, t- the titular role, if you will. The titular role. So he's interesting because like it's not entirely clear at least until like kind of the end of this section exactly what his motivations are and that's like something that comes out of the divisions short where like he's this very mysterious wandering character and you don't know why he has a bag full of kyber crystals and you don't know why he like hates the sith so much even though he has a red lightsaber uh but it's what we know so far at least going into the section is that He wants to use his Sith powers to destroy the Sith. And what we learn more now, it was a little bit implied, but what we learn explicitly is that he used to be a Jedi. He was very good. And then he realized that the Jedi are fucking stupid, which (laughs) like, you know, stop us if you've heard that before. But in this, he's got a point, folks. Yeah, in this in this alternate can alternate universe that isn't kind of the Jedi we know, he has some legitimate grievances, and it's kind of an interesting um, subversion of Star Wars's obsession with. Um, oh my God! Why can I not remember the director's name? The the Japanese director famous for samurai Kurosawa. stuff. Kurosawa. Kurosawa. Thank good lord! I need to eat. Um, it's, it's kind of an interesting subversion of like the Kurosawa ethos of, and the Jap and the, um, and the samurai were from a nobler time and protected the land and seven samurai being made into seven different iterations in star Wars and like all this shit. And so it's because the Ronin is very much like the feudal system that we live in is stupid. The Jedi slash samurai ethos is stupid. You're expecting people to die for nothing, for no reason other than their Lord has told them to, which is not an incorrect analysis of the feudal system in Japan uh, during the time of the samurai. And so it's just, I don't know, it's, I, I find that kind of subversion of everything that, star, that George Lucas based Star Wars off of very interesting. It's big Zuko, my honor vibes. <laughs> I mean, I I think there were um, some notes in there, too, about... um, And we did see uh, Koro also was a Jedi, I think, as a baby. Um, And it seems like all the Sith were until they Mm -hmm. were like, yo, fuck this. Um, But there's... I I, I think this is taking a look at um, just how dogmatic the jedi are in general like in actual canon you know especially during like the skywalker era you know yoda's a fucking asshole and he's got that going for him um but you know they're very you know like this is the (laughs) this is the way that's not what they say but those are the vibes um like we we do this because this is how we do this, and um, 
you know, the Jedi we see here in Ronin, it's like a, a perversion of that where it's, the, you know, the Jedi are still like very dogmatic. Um, you know, it's still like, this is the way, but it's not the way. Um, except it's like, there's more personal gain. Like, the weird-ass Jedi feudal system, which exists and is very funny to me. I I just I just want to point out, so so Burb wasn't here last week, again, because of the aforementioned technical difficulties, and I really loved how I woke up from my nap, and I had a text from Burb being like, oh, this is an alternate universe. <laughs> I was very confused. It was really good. I, I had looked at... um. I think I like you know finished reading this section too and went and looked at the outline from last time, and a lot of things made a lot more sense. Um, <laughs> That's why everyone should listen to our pod. <laughs> and I will say that about. like if it makes you feel any better when I read the first section and I didn't fully realize this is an alternate universe, I just kind of assumed it was one of those things where space is so expansive. That like just like how in our own world lots of things have been changed in narrative or like people come in and ruin everything and kill everybody and then they're like that didn't happen there's nothing that's ever happened here and that's no kind of just what Boston I assumed say. had happened yeah I was like oh it's, <laughs> precisely that's fine it, it dropped out of the ethos somehow like but y'all so, are don't lucky worry, I'm producing this podcast instead of reading this book because it would have been we would have had to do a whole extra episode of you guys having to explain to me what the fuck was going on yeah you might have lost it during the the scene in the cavern where everybody just started doing wild shit <laughs> you had to figure out what the teams were because they were not the teams they went into the cavern with that's true the teams did change. The number the number of living things changed. It was weird. <laughs> number li- the number, number of POVs. not living but still living things changed. Yeah, yeah. There's lots of zombies in this one. Yeah, I Space did not. Zombies. I did, did not go into this expecting this many zombies. <laughs> um, yeah, that's all I got. Honestly, I was You're just on like, your oh. Last of Us kick. Like I, it just I kind mean, of resonates yeah. with everything in and your brain. Oh yeah, no. I mean, it's the, the funny thing is, I am fucking terrified of zombies, and yet I am like such a ginormous fan of zombie things. There was a ten-year period of my life where, like, the only nightmares I had were about zombies, kind of like closing in on. I me. have zombie dreams all the time, Kate. Still, as friends. an adult, like I <laughs> yeah, grew yeah, up, yeah. Ex- like I went through a whole zombie phase. Like my dad used to use this like. It's not trauma, I promise. It's, like, totally normal. My dad used to, like, try to get me to be prepared for something terrible happening, some sort of, like, disaster by having me plan for, like, if there was a zombie apocalypse. I was, like, five. And he would always be like, what do you do? You know, it's like, because if you can plan for that, you can plan for anything, right? That's true. And in real life, if there were zombies, I would die. The best case scenario was I would live for two years. My inhaler would expire. Done. But (laughs) anyways, um, I still have those dreams all the time, Kate. Especially the pandemic, like, triggered them. So I used to have them, like, once a year. And then I had so many dreams about zombie stuff connected to COVID that were like, if we all wear a mask, we won't get zombies. And then, and then like, if we just get the vaccine, it's like, yeah, it's a real, these are real dreams I've had people. So anyways, I interrupted you to talk about myself because half white, but um, that just saying resonated with me. Oh, oh, oh no. I was, don't worry. I was, I was not, I was not saying anything important. I just, <laughs> the, the thing about the, the four zombies too. Um, is I like that we, I feel like having an alternate universe for the galaxy, like, there's a lot of opportunity to do more weird force shit. Mm-hmm. And, like, weird force necromancy. Who yes. says no? I am obsessed with the lightsaber auxiliaries. Like, that is so <laughs> fucking cool. I I was like, I had to, like, go on wikipedia for some fucking reason i think i had to like look up something because i forgot somebody's name in like the first third of the book because covid gave me brain fog thanks a lot everybody um anyway and there was like a page from chris did they adapt this into a graphic novel or something like that or a comic or not that i'm aware but i could be wrong either way well it looked like a page from like an adaptation of this into like a graphic novel or something and it had some examples of like lightsaber fans and shit like that and i was just like 
this is the fucking best thing I've ever seen. So, anywho, but yeah, I'm, I'm here for weird for shit for sure. Um, so like, let's talk about so, one of the other main characters then. Let's talk about Itzna or Fox or the Traveler, Fox. whatever you want to call them. Well, obviously, the most important thing to know is that they really love their cat that they get back. They do love the cat. I love the cat. They are a cat person. There's no question. Yeah. Zero Just doubt. The descriptions of, like, this person continues to hold the cat against them. First of all, the fact that the cat is not, like, fighting to get away when there's all these loud noises and shit happening because the ship is literally breaking apart. Amazing. And also, I was like... Tony was right by me when I was reading it, and my heart just got so full. Yeah. I just pictured Tony as, I pictured the cat as orange. I don't remember if there was an actual description. I pictured the cat as Tony as well, even though I've never (laughs) met Tony, and I rarely even see photos of Tony, so maybe there's something there. You should follow us on Instagram. (laughs) A lot of Tony Tony pictures to to be had, for sure. He's up to no good. (laughs) I also love the way that um, I'm sorry, my brain just also melted and I completely forgot the name of this character, the traveler. Yes. Um, the way the microaggressions is like an only remember the English word apparently. So <laughs> yeah, colonialism. But nah. um I like the descriptions of the traveler and how they interact with their settings, like when they're in the cave and they're holding the like gaseous gases. I must say gaseous gases lights. Yes. Massachusetts accent came out there. Um and just like the way that they interact with everything, I found really interesting. Um, as a side note, I think this author writes, we talked about this before, but I, did, I just think that she writes setting really, really well. Um, just really beautiful descriptions. And also we found out what this character looks like in this, which was interesting. Yeah, I don't, I did not, for whatever reason, I mean, maybe this is just what my brain is primed to do. Did not expect them to be non-human. So that was really, that was fascinating, I thought. Yeah. There's not I a ton of non-humans in this book. In your defense. I'm cool with them being non-human. The gripe I have with it is not related to this book, but rather the fact that in Star Wars, so many of the alien species are so similar looking to humans that they could be mistaken for human as long as they're wearing a mask. It's, you know, it's that's my one little Star Wars gripe. Like, I mean, if you think that's bad, matter. never watch it's Star fine. Trek. Oh, I've, of course I've seen Star Trek. It's fine. It's fine. I'm on mute. Star Trek, literally, they just like paint their skin different colors and they're like we're different species it's that's like the one thing that modern star trek still does that makes me mad because they're like it's an homage to old star trek and i'm like no old star trek had a two dollar makeup budget you can do better (laughs) (laughs) i want i just just you know 500 triples stacked together inside of a trench coat that's what i want (laughs) yes um anywho yeah um so I know, Chris, you kind of wanted to dig into, like, what their motivation is, because, like, on the surface, kind of kind of seems like they're, you know, they, 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 they like to put on this, like, air of being a, a free spirit, and the, the way they're attuned to the forest, I agree, Rana, is, like, really interesting, but we learned that they used to be an apprentice of Lord Henry, and there is a lot of bad beer blood <laughs> still between them. Yeah, there's, and not, like, not... trauma there. Not yeah, not just an apprentice, but like the apprentice, right. like the one who like. You know, this is me reading a little bit into it, but like Lord Henry doesn't have children. Like mm-hmm. it seems like he kind of saw Itzna as a surrogate child, almost. Yeah, I mean, they talk about the the Jedi clans being a like hereditary to a certain extent. So, like, clearly, this was the handpicked successor, for sure. So. Yeah, and one thing that I find very interesting is because, Kate, you you said that they seem to want to just exist outside of the Jedi-Sith binary. And I, and I think that's fair to an extent, although one thing that was very um, striking to me is how ambivalent they actually seem to feel about Jedi versus Sith until Hanrai gets in the picture. And as soon as Hanrai shows up, Itzna tenses up. Itzna becomes very afraid. Uh, like, they, they they basically tell the Ronin to run. Like, when Hanra confronts them, he's like, you're not going to win this. You need to leave. They. They, excuse me. What the fuck? My bad. That's on me. 
Um, and and they also this is hate crimes pod. That uh, they also when in the scene at the end of the section that we read where it's like the scene right before slash right after Hanrai gets killed for the first time. For the first time. And <laughs> Zombie Wars pod. Yeah. And they kind of show the most emotion they've shown throughout because their character is very aloof and they don't really like they're very playful and don't really show their hand at all and both literally figuratively and literally because they cheat at games but when Hanra gets in the picture they get very upset and like Hanra is like you know what did I ever do to you like did I ask too much and like Idzna is like yes you you did this is your fault you told me to do something that I was not okay with and that's why we're here and so that to me was we're gonna learn much more about that but like that was very um uh revealing to me about what kind of person they actually are is murder a little too much to ask i mean for the jedi is lots of murder a little too much to ask for feudal jedi also like i don't know the, the, the thing with fox is like they're aloof and fun and weird and like you know cool uses and interpretations of the force and they've got all this stuff going for them and like you know the the traveler guys is like pretty cool but you know if we assume because we have seen this with other characters that all force sensitive folks are in the jedi as little babbies after they get torn away from their families um you know like clearly they showed when they were still a Jedi, like, um, promise for Hanrai to be like, oh, yes, this shall be my successor. And, like, taking that with who they've become, like, some shit clearly went down. Like, you know, they're, they're aloof for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, I think, and maybe maybe we'll see more of this and get more background, but Hanrai is just like some feudal Jedi lore, like, ah, yeah, just kill these people. Um, you know, just very not in tune with, um, you know, how, honestly, like how his actions and decisions affect other people. Like, it's got to be real traumatizing to be a child and be asked to murder people. Um, and we see <clears throat> earlier in this section too, like the, the little guardians um, that accompany Hanrai and Co to the caverns. Um, you know, it's like very much assumed that they're probably gonna fucking die. Um, you know, like all these little baby Jedi, these teens are being used as pawns. Like, there's no regard for their lives. So, I don't know. It makes sense that they're like this. Oh, for sure. And it has to feel especially bad just because Hanrai really styles himself as, like, the kindly father for all of these people. And, you know, when somebody who's supposed to protect you asks you to just, like, fling yourself at some shit um, and you know you're not going to make it, that maybe fucks you up a little bit. Just a little bit. There was also that, like, kind of disturbing, it was only in, like, two sentences where when Chie is running with the group of kids and Kuru sees them and she says, like, what? These are Jedi children and not all of them can run? Like, what are you talking about? And then there's, like, a two-sentence thing about, oh, sometimes Force-sensitive kids who can't physically escape and, like, have, I assume, disabilities are trained and then like have some other position as guardians which to me sounds like they're just kind of like the first people to go if something happens that was wild to me it was i don't know it's not quite eugenics but it's like it was disturbing and it was just like two sentences but it was uh it was a dark edition 
It's not not that. I mean, and and, and it's very futile, right? Like they are. They, I mean, I, I say it's very futile. It's also very modern warfare as well. Like you have the grunts who you know are going to die first, and that's who you send in, and they're the ones who you have the most of, and you know, in your in your heart of hearts, if you're a strategist or a commanding general, you know that they are just bodies to throw at a problem. And then you've got, you know, like your your special forces, your, you know, whatever different branches of military are, are going on in whatever universe you're living in. But like, at the end of the day, it's about bodies. And that's what it seems like the Guardians are to me. And that, I mean, I think also speaks to kind of the Jedi ethos in this universe of like you know say what you will about the canon jedi throwing padawans into the clone wars because they needed more commanders but like they didn't do this you know they weren't like you kind of suck you're going to the front lines you know yeah and there's there's something to that too is you know with the the feudal system we see here in this universe like you know some jedi are very much in positions above the rest and not like i'm a master i'm on the council like i'm in charge of this planet and there's a couple folks i like and we'll keep around some other jedi and then like we're just raising you kids for slaughter good luck don't get trauma the way that i just did not expect to empathize with Koru as much as I did um like going into the section just like you know like seeing all this stuff like from her perspective and also her just being like I've lived this and it was fucking terrible and you know what the, the Sith may not have been perfect but at least they you know they took care of me like that's really real <laughs> I love their perspective in this in the first section that we read I thought they were just really fun. I was like, oh, cool. This is a very spiteful character, like, fueled by hatred. Love it. Love to read a character like that. Don't necessarily want to resonate with that. Sometimes I do. But, like, you know, for the most part, it was like, okay, fun. And then in this section, totally what you just said. I thought the perspective that Kuru adds was fascinating. The way that she talks about her own experience and, like, views becoming a Sith as this opportunity and like as if her life got so much better like I feel like usually we see this all from like at best a neutral but usually a Jedi perspective when we read Sith in these books and it's very like oh anger is powerful because you can kill more people and acquire more power but seeing it as oh you don't have people tell you exactly what you're allowed to feel and you can think for yourself yeah I'm sure it's a slippery slope but I really enjoy that perspective in this. And I just think, like, I talked in our first section, I love anything that kind of makes the characters in the Star Wars universe a little bit less godlike and more mm. messy human bullshit. Um, and I, yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Kate. I felt like, wow, that is a really great perspective that I'm going to think about. And I also like it so much more than, like, what we see in a lot of the Skywalker saga of, like, what is it the rule of two like over and over and over again um and it's always like the same sith story of like oh and then they killed their master and then they killed their master and it's like okay i get it um and so seeing this in this other like liberatory framing is really interesting for sure yeah and there's there's a lot in this book too about how you know like for the sith we we get you know a look into their mind it's very like the jedi are bad actually and for Koru, there's a section where, you know, talking about anger, like when she was taken by the Jedi, like it wasn't she was, you know, told she had to feel a certain way. Like they literally, they used the force and she didn't actually get to feel her feelings until she went to the Sith and became a little Sith baby and finally was like, oh, I can be angry now considering that, you know, my ability um, and freedom to have any emotions has been just stripped from me for so many years because 
the Jedi do what they want. The other perspective that I thought was interesting that was similar, and again, it's like a two-sentence moment, was when um, the Ronin thinks about how the guard is asking questions and the guard is young, and so he says like to himself, oh, the inquisitive ones never make it very far. Um, And one, it's interesting because it's like a dichotomy, not dichotomy, but like it's such a polar opposite from the introduction to that character. Um, Not the Ronin, but um, what's his name? Yuhiro? Um, Yohiro in um, there's like a two page little brief introduction to that character in the last section didn't know what was going to happen with that um, now we know but also I just love that idea of like anytime that we turn it on its head a little bit and instead of saying oh the Jedi are like the best of the best like we've always been re- you know even when we just read all this High Republic stuff oh you know people like the Jedi wow they're like they're so brilliant amazing you have to be so smart to be a Jedi I love that this is like, well, if you're really thinking outside of the box, you're not going to get as far as you want to because you have to be following instructions. Um, I don't know. I just felt like that was another sort of framing of, amongst that scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think especially with the, the leadership structure there too, um, with it so much more focused on like, you know, you you don't have like your master training you. You have like your master that you serve. Um, and if you start asking questions and questioning authority, uh, Hanrai's gonna throw you at the zombies. And you're gonna have a bad time. Um, <laughs> what, are the, what are the other, like, bittersweet things I feel like, like that really I find compelling about Cora's character is that she's dead. And she's having this whole, and she's and she's not that old, she's having this whole almost, like, awakening like coming of age thing about just like what does life look like beyond just living beyond vengeance and i don't know where that's going to go because she's dead (laughs) so um yeah i'm i'm so i'm so intrigued by her and and what's going to happen to her so yeah and the and the unique thing about her as well is that she's dead, but she is still wholly herself. Like the other reanimated um, Jedi, not that she is a Jedi, but the reanimated Jedi Zombies. are very specifically referred to as puppets. Even Hanrai, to an extent, is more of a messenger than anything else, because like he comes back and is like, she would like to extend an invitation. She being the witch who is reanimating, uh, reanimating these corpses. And so I, that's very interesting to me as well, that that adds to her uniqueness that she is, she is fully self aware in a way that I don't think everyone else is. Do we find out if that's because of like the kind of person she is or if the witch like quote unquote let her? Um, do you want me to answer that? No, I would like, do we find out? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> That's my question. The question is, is there more information? Please say yes. <laughs> Spoil the rest of the book for us right now. Yeah, no, actually, this is, this is ultimate spoiler pod. <laughs> We're just going to tell you how the rest of the book goes. Well, you see somehow Palpatine returns. Oh my fucking God. He's got unlimited power. Chris, are you not going to put the sound effects that you put into our document <laughs> for the pod? Yes. Burb wrote unlimited power when I followed it up with bzz, bzz, zap zap. I, that's <laughs> for the force lightning. This Where's is the quality that, that you've come to expect from Book Wars Pod. Wow. Um, Chris, you want to talk a little bit about this this little triumvirate of characters and like between the Ronin and the Traveler and Henry, yes. I did. I thought you wrote this point. Um, who wrote? Who wrote? Oh, this? oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I did. <laughs> um, hey, you wrote, you wrote this literally five minutes before we start recording. Fuck me. So this is like, uh, you know, kind of just thinking about like, you know, my question is always like, how does this relate back to the universe as a whole? And obviously, that's a weirder question for this one than usual because it is an entirely different universe but i kind of just wanted to discuss like who do these characters 
remind us of. And I ask that specifically because to me, and it's somewhat ironic because the Ronin is a Sith, he really reminds me of Disney plus era Obi-Wan. Like, I, I just want to say, I, I feel like we all have very different reactions to who these people remind us of. And I'm really interested in that. Anyway, go on. Yeah, no, I like, let's, let's get into it. Like to me, the reason that I like you, you feel this sense of living his failures and not being able to rest until he like gets through that and, and knowing that that means he's probably never going to be able to rest. And that, you know, it is very kind of Obi-Wan dealing with the fact that once he realizes that Anakin is alive, that he knows he's never going to be able to go back to the way he's been because he fucked this up and he feels this responsibility, you know, the he, he, he feels like Vader is his failure. And it, it feels somewhat like the Ronin you know, feels like the Sith are his failure and he's not going to be able to live a life and doesn't even want to until he's able to reconcile that. And so that's, I just, I saw that kind of um, almost kinship between them in, in how they handle their, you know, the burdens of their past actions. Although I will say Obi-Wan commits a lot less murder. <laughs> as far it's as we know. He was fighting droids. Disney Plus. What did other people think? <laughs> I was like, are you, are you, are I you done? I thought Ikea reminds me a little bit of Kate. <laughs> and then she's just done. She's just so and done. She's small and she's angry. She's so done with everything. <laughs> I did forget she was small. But like her just like, I'm pissed off at everything. But also like, I'm just going to get shit done. And if you complain, I'm going to kick your ass. But not really. Because I don't really know if I can. But I'm going to talk a lot of shit. Like that, no offense, Kate, but like that's totally her character, right? She's like threatening like the Sith who has her kidnapped. Like I she's just pissed off. I um, just yeah, the Kate. There are a couple moments where I was like, also I I put it for later, but she has the quote where she refers to um, Fox's reaction as throwing a force based trauma fit, and you can't tell me that's not something that Kate would say. Is if I, you know, forgot if I haven't said that on the pod in the past, I will eat my dog. <laughs> I poor Orca. That's the second <laughs> time today Kate has said that that I'm aware of. For the record, she's Ins- real hungry. Insert joke about Chinese people here. Um, <laughs> she said that, and Orca's head just like popped up. Good boy. Well, we were saying in our ho chat that Orca would probably like to be eaten because he'd he be the closest he could ever get. I know he just wants <laughs> to be so close to me. He'd be like, "This is like the ultimate hug." Is my mother engulfing me? There's some something great going on there but anyway um it's, it's like the it's like the family guy scene a part, part of me, me is inside, inside of you, you. <laughs> um wow i understand that quote very differently and we won't elaborate on it i mean it it it's got it's got levels you know i don't anyway what i was gonna say was Ikea was the best to me when she was just she, i was like you are really just gonna talk back to Cora. Cora's just standing there like there are just corpses in the corner and she's just like i just want to take a fucking nap jesus christ like she's just like you brought me on these like hijinks i'm not into it like i just i didn't sign up for any of this i didn't you know i didn't sign up for like this flavor of weird for shit like i just you know i feel bad um go back to chris's question about who who do who do who do folks who do these characters remind me of in in actual canon so so sorry got derailed (laughs) oh you're great you're doing great um so so for me i felt like the 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 Ronin was almost like if Anakin weren't a feral fucking raccoon. Um, <laughs> just because, like, he's just, you know, he does, he, he, he joins the Sith or, for, or, you know, forms the Sith or whatever for overall, like, altruistic reasons. Like, he wants self-determination. He wants, he wants freedom. He wants to protect these people, um, which is exactly why Anakin goes over to the dark side is so that he can protect people that he loves. Um, whereas like the traveler is kind of like that itinerant lost Padawan, um, kind of like in this gray area, like Ahsoka and Henry's just like Palpatine being like, join me doing evil shit and you'll be in charge, sunny boy, except I will actually, haha. <laughs> it's not evil. It's for the good of everybody. Oh yeah, absolutely. Just 
it's for the good it's for the good of the jedi order to the galaxy exactly so that was that was that was my take did other did other folks have other well i did not think too hard about this at all The only two in-universe not making jokes about all of us that I have is one is just very broad, and I just think that, like, there is so often this character in Star Wars of, like, now you live with your fate, or, like, your consequences will predict your entire life, and you can't be happy about it. Um, And I just think we see that in uh, the Ronin, for sure. Mm -hmm. And then um, this is such a weird reference, and I don't even know the name of this character, but Han Rai reminds me a little bit of the like family leader in the first Thrawn book that we read, who's like talking about like who to accept into the family and like very manipulative, but also way too like has all the resources that he needs and like can play the game really well and is very strategic, but also is still getting played by people he trusts at the same time. Um, yeah, but I don't even remember that person's name. It was a long time ago we read about the blue people, so. Uh, Thras, I believe you're talking people. about? Probably, I don't know. <laughs> I, I didn't have an extra, I was, I just Googled it and I was I like. Just, <laughs> I'm just laughing. Oh no, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. It's, it's, it's Thurfion, I think, that you're talking about. What the fuck? Yeah, obviously. Tim's on, his names are just noises it's fine <laughs> i have this is a later comment but this is the first time that i've read star wars content i've been like oh i'm like 99 percent sure of how to pronounce these names as opposed to there are seven different ways to pronounce them thank you japanese for being a very phonetic language it it sure is they hate you for that somewhere in the midwest tim's on just felt a shooting pain up and down his arm and he doesn't know why <laughs> oh my god please stop um we have this thing about. Do we talk about? Do we talk about this yet? No. A All little right. bit. Do you want? Do we a little bit, but no. We talked it? about biz, biz, zap, zap. Great. Do you want to save it? Sure. Because we're coming up. Are on we heavy? An hour. Oh hey, what yeah. do you know about that? Um, I could, I could sleep. <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. Chris and I haven't actually eaten dinner yet, so now I'm drunk. Um, <laughs> da 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 da. Um, one last like tiny sidebar that I want to make. Uh, before we wrap up this episode um, is that I was reading a Q&A or part of a Q&A with the author and one of the things that the interview was saying was that um, so we get the the white flare and the black current of the force and what Candon wanted to do with that is make um, an analogy equivalency with like yin and yang uh, which I thought was a really cool concept um, yeah because like um, as I, as I see people be like yeah <laughs> i didn't realize Sorry, that either I was muted, but i was saying that's really cool I didn't yeah um something i didn't i honestly i didn't i didn't um really notice myself until i had read that so i thought i, I just wanted to bring that up um so for people who are unfamiliar like you've probably seen a yin yang symbol um and i think a lot of like westerners kind of think of it as an opposing opposing thing so like yin is like masculine energy like action oriented like super kinetic whereas yang is like supposed to be like feminine energy um more like flowing as opposed to being explosive um but really like the whole idea is that like the the like in actual like asian culture is that these two things are supposed to be in balance and one exists in the other so you see the yin and yang symbol and like you've got the white and the black but you can see that the there's a there's a black dot in the white and vice versa and so it's like these things are you know they're supposed to work together and so it's so um just something I, I i enjoyed noticing um once i read that was who favors the white flare and who flavors favors the black current and what that says about their character like horror is a character who says like i can't use the black current at all um which i think is like says a lot about her character and the the violence and her impulsiveness and all this other stuff anyway something to just like look out for in the third section maybe we'll talk about this more maybe we won't but i thought it was cool that's awesome thank you for sharing that mm-hmm. i really love that point and we'll, we're definitely going to talk more about it because we want to talk more about like kind of the jedi and how they other than just being worse how they differ philosophically from canon jedi but one thing i love that the author did here is 
that sense of balance that is unlike the George Lucas balance of if everything's good, then it's balanced. Like it is balance in the true sense of like, there isn't good and evil. There's no light side and dark side in this, like the black current and the, the light flare. Is it the white flare and the, the black white current. flare and the black current? Mm-hmm. Uh, they aren't equivalent to light side and dark side. Mm-hmm. Like the, the Jedi don't all use the white flare the Sith don't all use the black current. And so, and I, I will talk more about it, but I really love that aspect of it. And I think that's a really good point you brought up, Kate. Fucking cool. Anyway, it's awesome. I have a shit post point that's not related Please. to anything important. This is so <laughs> random, but it is related to the book. And that is that in the section that Chris already noted, where um, Han Rai says she would like to extend an invitation. I was listening. Normally, I listen to like classical music while I read, but this one time I was like, I was in a mood. I was like, oh, I'll listen to like some lo fi. And the song I was listening to, as it said, she would like to extend an invitation, had this background voice that said, Must I, in a woman's voice, must I extend an invitation? As I read that, and I was like, Illuminati. Is the witch real? That's space Illuminati. <laughs> the ri- the you- witch is real. Did you re-listen to the song to make sure that that voice was actually in yes. it? Yes. Yes, I've heard it before. <laughs> yes. I've heard it before. But I was like, oh, my. It was like creepy. It gave me That's goosebumps. Cool. That's my my shit post for you all. I if my it. life doesn't count as a shit post. <clears throat> oh, dear. I love it. Well, that will take us to the end of this week's episode. Hey, Thank you so much. you're not taking us out. Oh, I... He always does. Oh, sorry. I didn't know that. Or much. I thought it was per. <laughs> I was going to say, I I didn't think I was last time either. And then Kate said to take us out. So I just figured I'm that's... so sorry. I thought it was burb. I apologize. I, listen, I was right one time. I'm holding on to this. Wow. Um, Here I am micromanaging again and being wrong. <laughs> thank you, everybody, for listening to episode 162 of the Book Wars pod. Um, As the I, dog coughs to death. The dog says, I'm bored. This is boring. New people are very rude. Uh, well, we'll be back next week, <laughs> finishing up Ronan, uh, chapter 29 through to the end. But also, in the meantime, we are going to be live tweeting the season three premiere of The Mandalorian. Uh, please join us, join in, uh, like our tweets. If you don't like them, then just keep it to yourself. Uh, this Saturday, the 11th, uh, we're going to be doing it at 6 p.m. Pacific time. So that is 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and we're going to be using hashtag BWP trash takes. So join us. There's going to be lots of talk, no doubt, about space whales and pirates and little baby, little baby Babu Fricks. It'll be great. Everyone's going to have a great time. Bo-Katan sweatpants. The, really, the categories are endless. Uh, our next book after this, if you want to get a jump on it, is going to be Queen's Hope by E.K. Johnston. Uh, we're very excited about that, so feel free to grab that from your local independent bookstore. And if you have the means, first and foremost, please donate to Black and Pink National. Um, and then if you want to support us after that, donate to the Tosh Station Radio Patreon, as it helps us cover our hosting and production costs. And all new... There's so much news. So much news this this uh this outro. We're gonna get on with it. Uh we're adding a new tier to the Tashi Station Radio Patreon. That's right. For one dollar you can still get into the Patreon Slack, but for two dollars, we you can uh watch myself or Kate stream on Twitch as we fail at video games. We're streaming on YouTube, bro, because Twitch <laughs> hates everyone. Stream on YouTube. Fuck. As we play video games. Uh, Kate is going to be doing this first streaming next Wednesday, March 15th. I say next. We'll see if this releases this week. Um, but Wednesday, March 15th uh, at 8pm Mountain Time, which is 10pm Eastern Time also. So you have that to look forward to. Kate, have you decided what you're going to be playing? Uh, you know, we'll see if it's a, either the potato version of The Last of Us 1. I say the potato version because I don't have the like re- pretty redone one for PS5, so it looks like a potato. Um, or uh, Witcher 3, so we'll see how it goes. 
awesome both excellent choices i whenever i get to streaming i'm currently working my way through god of war ragnarok also jedi survivor comes out in about a month and a half from now i think is when the new date is so that will certainly be making appearances not on twitch uh anyway thank you for listening please also give us coffee if you can uh ko-fi.com slash bookwars pod um really that doesn't even cover our hosting and production costs it just covers uh, treats for argos jasper orca and tony uh that is our show thank you for listening our theme song is whiz bang by poddington bear our logo and artwork are by joe butcher design and our audio and production are done by our very own Kristen mcdonald uh, for Kate, Rana, Kristen, Miranda, and the aforementioned furry members of our various families, I am Chris. Thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to you next week. Chris, you're fucking weird. <laughs> this has to be our longest outro ever. <laughs> I okay. thought on the outside. Also, Chris, I'm so sorry. I was just like, <laughs> Chris just spoke over Miranda. Only I talk over people. But really... <laughs>